It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. Yeah, and like you said, it's early, and I'm glad it's early as we start to look at the D-line because as exciting as the Hargrave signing is, I'm a little bit worried as of right now. I didn't say worries right now because it's it's too it's it's early. Let's just say they need to do more work. Inside you have Armstead, you have Hargrave, you have Kinlaw, you have Gibbons who's coming back um on that restricted free agent deal. You have McGill who they brought back and you you have Davis. I feel good about the inside. I think we're looking okay. Outside is where I'm like, uh you have Bosa who's all world. Drake Jackson, you're hoping they take that next step. Then you have Alex Barrett and the new guy they signed, Cleveland Farrell who's been a major disappointment in Oakland. He was, what, the fourth overall pick, I believe, mm-hmm. back in 2019. So he came in with huge expectations after a great career at Penn State. He's definitely underperformed. He has 10 sacks in four years, and now he gets another chance with the Niners. And it's definitely just a rotational deal. It's not like they paid him a lot of money. They paid him a million bucks or whatever it was a year. It's not much. Whatever. I'll have to look it up. But um, he's going to be a rotational piece, and he's going to be – Farrell got a one-year $2.5 million deal. Right. He's going to be someone close to We'll see. Can he coach him up? He did it with Arden Key. He did with Charles and Menahue. Is it someone they can get to come in and, and play some meaningful stat, snaps and get them some sacks and resurrect his career? Maybe, but they definitely, definitely need more help at edge. This is like a Chris Cousser special, right? Where he's a guy like, Mohurst or Arden Key, as I mentioned before, that it's just a reclamation project. And and the Niners are, are becoming one of those teams that has, has a reputation for this. And I think that's a good thing because you can get a lot of low-risk, high-reward players on cheap deals that could help you out for a season or two, and you just kind of replace them with, with, their, with other players. Now, if Kucherik ever leaves, then that would be that would be really terrible because then this <laughs> – you this situation anymore, but it's akin to Jim Tomsula when he was the D-line coach, not not the head coach, but when he was the line coach under Jim Harbaugh, and you just had him making the most out of guys like Ray McDonald and and uh, Isaac Isaac Sopoaga and guys like that. I think that so Cleveland Farrell, uh, so he went to Clemson, and his uh, his last two years he had twenty sacks in his last two years or 20, 21 sacks. He had eleven and a half and then nine and a half in his last two years, so he can play and. At that level, you don't just put up those numbers by accident. I just think that the Raiders are, are a complete tire fire, and it's so hard to develop any talent there because it's just a, a wasteland, and yeah. the the culture is toxic, and it's just it's not a good place for a rookie to be. So I think that he'll flourish here. He may not become an all world player, but hey, if you can have Charles Manu type production where in your role you're effective. I think that that's a win, especially with the price tag. I think that's a huge win for them if they can get that out, out of Farrell. Man, Kosurik should start charging percentages for some of these guys that leave. Ibukam got three years, right? $27 million from the Colts. <laughs> and Manihu, who was a cast-off from the Texans, the Niners mm-hmm. got him for a late-round pick, and he gets two years, $20 million. I remember when they traded for Manihu. The record was whatever. It was early in the season. and It was like they were, yeah. they were three and four or whatever. They were three and five. They had a terrible record. And I'm like, oh, great. You trade this fifth round pick for this guy who gives a shit. And I was like all fired <laughs> up because they were playing yeah. so bad. And they turn it around and he turns it around. And it's one of those things we talked about with with their roster. Do I want to say Farrell? Ugh, yeah. But how many times have we just seen them turn guys around? So yeah. they've they've earned the benefit of the doubt with me. 
when it comes to things like this. Like, I, I'm not excited about Cleveland Farrell at all on the surface, but does he turn into an Arden key? Then I am maybe excited. So let's let's see what he can do with him. Let's see what Kosurik and, and Wilkes and those guys can do with him. Maybe maybe it will end up being one of those signings that you're like, man, that was a steal. And then he goes back on the market next year and gets, you know, a two-year, $16 million contract or something crazy. So we'll, we'll see. And on top of that, uh, we, we can't we can't forget Al that who is he playing opposite? He's playing opposite the reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year, right? And that's going to make a big difference too. So well, I mean, I he think, was, Crosby's no 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 Rudy Poo, you know, with the Raiders, right? But Crosby, there, there's a there's a large gap between Max Crosby and Nick Bosa, in my opinion, right? Like, I mean, numbers wise, there may not be, but if you look at, if you look at the games and watch favorite things to watch the tape, I feel like there's a very large gap between what Nick Bosa does and what Max Crosby does. And I think that that itself has an effect on the entire defense, including the, the defensive line. Like, look, they're going to have pass rushers. Every, you have interior pass rushers with Hargrave and, and Eric Armstead. You've got the best edge rusher in the league in, in Bosa. And you'll see a lot of one-on-ones on the other side, right? And you see a lot of ch- like tight end blocks and things like that on the side with where, where, uh, the opposite to Bosa. So I think that if you put somebody there that has some talent, they have a potential there to really make some make noise there. That might be like the most coveted position in the NFL on defense. You have Bosa, you have Hargrave, you have Armstead, and then you get to play with the, the least attention on the line. If they got somebody, I don't even like an Ngakwe or somebody like that. My God, that's such an enviable position in being for a defensive end. You got those three monsters and studs, and right. you're going to get, like you said, tons of one-on-ones. Somebody coming in, especially that's why if they can get a vet on like a one-year deal, why wouldn't you want to do that? You come in and you have a career year, probably or close to it, because you have all those other guys. You can come in and get ten sacks, and then get paid next year if you have a one-year deal. So I think they're kind of maybe waiting to see how things happen through the end of uh, the free agency and, like you said, through cuts. Maybe they do end up with a nice veteran. I think they'll address in the draft too. But, you know, right now they their first pick is in the third. It's it, it's tough for somebody that late to come in and make an immediate impact, that late of a pick. So as much as the Niners have success with guys like that, sometimes it's down the road or they, it's in year two. So it would be a little bit of a stretch to ask, you know, a third, fourth, fifth round pick to come in and do that. But I, I do think there's still going to be other names out there that hopefully they can, they can jump on. Yeah, I think that – so the, the, the contract that Cleveland Farrell got, that's not starter money. That's that's no. rotation piece no. money, and yeah. that's something to, to keep track of because they're gonna they're they're saving their starter money on the D line for a starter, and I really think Yannick Ngakwe is the guy the guy that keeps coming up for me. He's the guy me that too. keeps coming up, and I really feel like they're gonna make a run at him. And I really feel like you you may have a good chance at seeing Ngakwe in a Niners uniform probably later than than rather sooner. He's probably weighing his options at this point, but. You're going to see him at least. They're going to make a at least a very good run at Yannick Ngakwe, and, and I really hope they can land him. And the more he stays out there, the longer it goes. I always think, okay, his market maybe wasn't what he thought it would be. He's not getting the offers right. he thought he would. The Niners can maybe swoop in again and more of a prove it deal. And you come to a good team with a good supporting cast, and that's really attractive for for a player coming in. So we'll see on that. Other side of the ball, returning. They brought back Jake Brendel, which looked like it was t- touch and go for a while because there were a lot of teams interested in him. He had other offers. He ended up coming back, coming back to the Niners, four years, twenty million, and that's, I mean, again, that's a cheap deal. That's it's not like they're paying him a ton of money. He did a good job last year, right? You know, Brendel overall did 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 a good job. He was he was good in pass protection. He had he had good numbers. It's it's definitely good to have that continuity now. You're going to have Brendel. You're going to have Burford. 
you're going to have Banks in the middle, obviously Trent Williams. So they do have some continuity within that line. McKivitz too, although McKivitz came back, it's two years, 5.8 million when they signed him. Like, all right, because I know they're comfortable with him starting, or at least they've said. When they signed him, I'm like, all right, see the guy. But that contract is more swing tackle money. So that's another position where maybe kind of they might get somebody else. I don't know. What do you think there? Yeah, I think I think that's what that they'll probably look at this and they may draft somebody. I, I really think that they they've a bunch of and I think that there's gonna be a lot of mobility. And it's it's an okay is draft. It's not top heavy. It, it's it's bigger than we've seen in years past. So I think that they'll be able to find somebody who's Look, they, they pick in the fifth round. That guy's an immediate starter, right? So they just need to get the fifth yeah. round. They'll be fine. But I, I think they'll they'll probably address this through the draft. And it's scary starting a rookie tackle, but they've shown the ability to develop young offensive linemen with this team. And I think that the way that they uh, the way that they operate, it's an offensive line friendly sort of scheme with the zone blocking scheme. Like it's, it's very mm-hmm. simple for them, right? It's not, it's not a complicated scheme. So I think that for that reason, you don't necessarily have to pay top dollar for, for a right tackle. And it's another guy on a rookie contract, right? That would help your team. So I think they'll very seriously look into replacing McGlinchey via the draft because McKivitt seems more like a backup piece to me i mean i feel like he can start if needed but i feel like you know you have to have that swing tackle jalen moore was that guy a couple uh, a couple of years ago so i think that and, and you know he he got limited starting experience but having him on the roster was the bigger deal because he could play basically four out of five offensive line positions so that's i feel like what they have in mckivitz and they know what they have in him but they don't have like a road grading right tackle that can run block um or you know anybody that they can put in there and plug and play at, at this point. So mm-hmm. I think that, will there be a guy in the draft like that? Maybe, but I think that they'll like take a long, long, hard look at the draft because at that point your funds are limited. You don't know what you can, I hopefully they would, would have signed a, like a defensive end or a Gawkway or somebody like that at that point. Yeah. And the only way to fill it is via the draft. So Brendel going back to his production, he had one sack allowed in 680 pass block snaps and he was third among centers in efficiency at 98.8. Uh, pass blocking so he was definitely a very good pass blocker now so here's what I'm thinking with the offensive line too if you they were good they they're definitely there's a lot of shitty offensive line play in the league and the Niners do not have a shitty offensive line I don't think I think they have a good offensive line but again we always talk we want to win the Super Bowl right now right this is like a two-year window for them to kind of get this done with this core to me they got worked a little bit in the playoffs Dallas really worked them the first, I don't know, two and three-fourths quarters. And then it looked like Dallas wore down a little bit and the Niners were able to get going. But in, in the beginning of that game, the Niners' offensive line was getting worked. And the Philly game is tough to judge just because everything went to hell. But Philly's defensive line kind of worked the Niners' offensive line in that game too. If you go back and watch that or you look at any kind of film on there, the, the Eagles' offensive defensive line was winning. So that worries me a little bit in the sense that their offensive line probably isn't better right now. I know people don't like McGlinchey and it's probably tough to hear, but McGlinchey's a good run blocker. So are they better right right now? I don't know. That remains to be seen. They could be, but it remains to be seen. Is Burford going to take the next step after his rookie season? He going to get better? Maybe. Banks was only in his second year. Is he going to get better? Brendel in his second year of starting, will he get better? Trent Williams is Trent Williams, so you don't worry there. But that was one of the things for me I kind of wondered if they did make a splash, were, were they going to try to do it on the offensive line at center or at right tackle? Are they still going to maybe try to do something? Now it would have to be a right tackle. I don't think they'll replace any of the other starters. But 
Well, certainly not. So that was a, a thing for me. I kind of was like, ah, eh, uh, in the playoffs, it, it was a little touch and go. So we'll see this year if it can get better because again, it's 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 going to probably be those same teams that you're going against next year.